What if today was the day that you dared yourself to do what you've always wanted? Welcome to the I Dare You podcast. I'm your host, Jen Gottlieb. And together, we're going to step outside of our comfort zones and into our best lives one dare at a time. So come on, I dare you to dive right on in. How do you stay consistent in posting content and coming live? Also, how do you deal with demotivation? Great question. All right. So consistency is really a muscle that you build. I never used to be a very consistent person. I was totally that person that would start something and stop, start a goal, stop as soon as it got hard, or maybe as soon as I got started to get a little bit successful and then I got scared of the success or, um, you know, getting to a point where something feels like it's really not moving and maybe I had really high hopes for something and then it wasn't work- working as fast as I wanted to. I just, I'm saying these things to you guys so you can start to think about maybe you do this too. Um, it wasn't working as fast as I wanted it to. I wasn't getting the results. So I just quit and I stopped being consistent. And I know many of you do this because I have conversations with a lot of you in our mastermind. We talk about this a lot. You start posting and you don't necessarily see a lot of traction or a lot of results right away because it takes time to build an audience. It takes time to build momentum. It takes time to get engagement. It takes time to get into the algorithm uh, on Instagram, like a lot of time, like not just a week and not just a month. It takes a lot of time of consistent posting in order to get some traction, or that's at least what I've learned. There is a rare case where like, you can go viral from just posting a really amazing video, and that definitely happens, and that can kickstart your momentum. But what I've learned for the most part from my experience is it took me a really long time to catch a lot of momentum on social media. And it took a long time of consistently posting. So why, how did I stay consistent even when I wasn't getting the results that I really wanted? And I know that we're in this world of immediate gratification. Like we want everything fast. I know I do. I want to order my groceries on my iPhone and I want them to appear within an hour. And I want to order my car on Uber and I want it to appear and I want everything right away because we live in this world now where everything is immediate. Amazon Prime, like in Florida, now where I moved, like you can, you order something on Amazon and it's there the same day. It's insane how fast everything happens. But when it comes to building your business or building your brand or doing anything that is like a considered a big accomplishment, the reason it's considered a big accomplishment or the reason that it gives you a lot of credibility is because not many people can do it. And it's probably because it's a little bit difficult and being consistent is difficult. So let's just call it what it is. Being consistent's not easy. It's not easy and that's okay. So if you're having a hard time with consistency, it's okay. You're in the right place because I can help you because I've just, I've been in both positions. I've been in a position where it was really difficult for me to stay consistent. And now I'm in a position where it's pretty easy for me to stay consistent with certain things. And I've learned to hack this whole consistency thing for myself And the way that I do that is very simple. I practice sticking to the commitments that I make with myself no matter what. I truly believe, and I know this to be true just because of my experience, that when you make a commitment with yourself and you stick with it, even though you don't feel like it, even though maybe you're scared to stick with it, even though maybe every excuse under the sun comes into play and you don't want to do it anymore, but you follow through and you do the thing that you say you're going to do, you build more confidence within yourself. And something good always happens as a result when you stick to your commitments. Every time you make a commitment and you don't stick to it, you just feel shitty. And I know that. And the more mindful I get around the way that I feel when I don't stick to the commitments that I make with myself, I feel like I'm a little stuck. I feel like I have FOMO, like, man, I should have done that. And the more that I really sit in those feelings, like, wow, that really sucked. And the more that I reflect at the end of each night, 
on like, did I do a good job today? Was I a good person today? Did I follow through today? That helps me to stick to my commitments the next day. So let me give you a really tactical, tangible tool. When I go to bed at night, before I go to bed, and everybody has three minutes before they fall asleep, it's harder to do things in the morning. It's easier to do things at night, what I found. Because you get in your bed and you've got a few minutes. You take out your notebook and you write. I write down my wins at night. I celebrate myself for the things that I stuck to, the things that I said that I was going to do that I followed through with. And the act of doing that, the act of celebrating with myself and writing down my wins and checking the things off actually makes me subconsciously want to be consistent the next day because I'm thinking about, oh, I really want to celebrate with myself at night and I really want to write this down. So if I don't stick to it, I'm going to feel really shitty when I go to bed tonight that I didn't do the thing that I said that I was going to do. And every time you do the thing that you say that you're going to do and you and you do the task, even though you, you might not get an immediate result, even though you, you might get that, not get that immediate gratification, even though you might feel like it's not working, even though it might feel scary, even though it might feel uncomfortable, when you get into your bed at night and you can write down, I did that today, even though XYZ, 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 all the excuses, all the reasons why you didn't want to do it, you're going to feel unbelievably proud of yourself. And you're going to put another coin in your confidence bank. And you're going to wake up the next day and you're going to want to do it again because you're going to want to write it down again because of that dopamine hit that it gives you when you write it down and you celebrate yourself. That's how I've hacked consistencies. Here's the other thing that I want to remind you of is don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 20. And I say this a lot on stage. And it's funny because every time I say this on stage, it's probably the most shared quote that that I say online. And I think that's because it resonates with many people who maybe aren't consistent with posting because they post a couple of times or they post for a week and they don't see the kind of traction that some of the people that they follow get. But what you don't realize is some of those people that you follow have been doing this consistently and posting and learning about their audience and working at their brand for years and years. And you didn't necessarily see all of those chapters of their story. You didn't necessarily see all of the years they put in. You didn't see all the times that it didn't work or all the failures that they had or all the posts that didn't do that well. All you're seeing is their chapter 20, their end game, or it's probably not the end for them yet, but like where they're at now, which is very successful. But I promise you that it didn't happen with just one post. And maybe if it did for some crazy reason, they posted it and it went viral then it also, they needed to be consistent after that in order to gain a real big audience. So please, if you're just starting and you're a beginner at whatever it is, whether it's posting online and building a brand, or maybe it's starting a business, or maybe it's you're a first time mom, or you're a first time wife or husband, or you're a first time, maybe you're learning a, a new language for the first time. Please remember that everybody started as a beginner. Everybody started at square one. Everybody started with zero followers. Everybody started posting with no engagement. When I started doing these Instagram lives, not many people showed up. No, I'm telling you. And those of you that were with me from the very beginning, you know, like when like John and Farah, like even when you guys popped on in the very beginning of me doing these, we probably got maybe 20, 30 people on. And before that, it was like five people because no one knew I was doing it and I wasn't consistent yet. The way that I, just to recap for you, Nikita, I think a great tool for you, and again, I'm never giving direct advice. This is just my personal experience and what works for me. You can take it or leave it. Writing my wins down at night is often the thing that helps me stay consistent. And I know it feels a little backwards because you would think like, oh, it should be writing your commitments down in the morning, which I also do. The thing that helps me stay consistent is writing my wins down at night because that's the feel-good moment where you get to celebrate the things that you did and you, you kept your consistency up even when it was hard. 
And that celebration excites me and I want more of that celebration. So the next day I look forward to writing that down again. So I'm consistent and I do all the things that I said that I was going to do. And again, we get good at what we practice. And I say that again, because I don't think I said that today, but I say that all the time. I consider myself to be in like, like a professional athlete with this stuff. Like professional athletes don't practice less when they get good. They practice more. And if we get good at what we practice, then it should be true that the more that we practice posting, the better we'll get at it. And when I'm posting content or going live, I'm using that as an opportunity to practice every single time, practice speaking, practice writing, practice really like learning what the new trends are, learning uh, what the best time is to post, learning what my audience likes, what they don't like. I just posted two reels that didn't do well yet. I mean, maybe the one that I posted this morning still has some time, but yesterday, like it didn't do well. So what can I learn from that? And then also asking questions in my Instagram stories. I did that yesterday and I got so much engagement. I learned a lot from asking you guys questions. It's always learning. We're always practicing, learning, putting in the reps. And the more that you do that, the better that you get and the more consistent you're going to become because you're going to get those wins along the way. The wins that you get from learning, from practicing, from getting better each day are the things that build your confidence. They build your motivation. They build your momentum because you get excited about it. I love using the workout analogy. I freaking love I, you guys know this. So this might not relate to everybody because everybody does not love working out. I love working out. I love it. I love lifting weights. I just got back from my new gym. I loved it so much. It's like a lifting gym. Everybody there is hardcore lifting and it just pumps me up so much. But the reason that I love working out so much is because I love, love growth and I love the experience of like going to the gym, like doing squats for a month. And then by the end of the month, I'm squatting heavier. And I see that I'm getting stronger or I see the change. And I love putting in that hard work and, and moving through that discomfort and challenging myself to see how much discomfort I can experience in order to gain growth on the other side. My workouts every day are my practice for experiencing uncomfortable things throughout my day as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a content creator, as, as an author, as a speaker, as all the things that I do. And it's such a great analogy because the more uncomfortable you can become in your workouts, the stronger you're going to get, right? The more you can go to failure. And that's really interesting. The more you're willing to fail. So many of you, or if you don't know about lifting and how to build muscle, uh, you have to get your muscles to fail. You have to fail in order to grow. So you have to get to the point when you're lifting weights that you just cannot do it anymore and you have to drop it and you have to fail in order for the muscles to break down, the muscle fibers to break down. And then when you recover, they come back together. It is such an analogy for entrepreneurship and life. You have to be willing to fail in order to grow. You've got to get to that point where you've tried so hard and you push and you've done it until your cap and you did it and you're successful and then you fail and you screw up. And that's when everything come back, comes back together because you learn from that and then you grow and you get stronger next time. It's, you have to be willing to do that. And oh man, I just, I live for it. And I'm so lit up right now because I've never, for a really long time, when I lived in New York City, I said this yesterday, but I'll share it again. I had a gym in my building that I lived in and I never like went to a real gym. And here I have a gym in my building, but it's not that good. I've been for, I forced myself to go join a gym. That is a drive. You got to drive, a drive away. And it's just given me a whole new, a whole new belief in myself that I can do something that I always said that I couldn't. And this goes on with the theme that we've been discussing on Get Ready With Me. We've been discussing this for the past three days, but it's just the thing that's on my mind. 
is like, what's the lie that you're telling yourself about yourself? What's the limiting belief that you've created over time? I was with my dad last night. My dad lives in Florida, so I got to visit him. And I can go visit him many times. Crazy. My family lives here. Wild. I know that's not may not seem wild to some of you, but I haven't lived in the same state as my family for 17 years. So I went to visit my dad and he was like, you always said you would never leave New York. And I'm like, I know. I created an identity that limited me for a very long time because I was so tied to me being a New Yorker, being part of my identity. And I was just creating this limit around myself that I could never live anywhere else. And to me, in the moment, it felt like a cool thing. Like I'm a New Yorker and I can't live anywhere else. But now that I'm in Florida and I'm opening myself up to different different versions of myself or different capabilities that I didn't know I had or different things that like I actually enjoy that I never gave myself permission to enjoy because I always said, oh, that's just not me. I just don't do that. I created that limit for myself. So where are you creating limits for yourself? If you're not consistent with social, are you saying I have a problem with consistency and I'm just not a consistent person? Well, then you will consistently not be a consistent person. And I'm not telling you to bullshit yourself. You got to be self-aware. So the fact that you're asking that question is really great. You want to learn different tools or skills to be more consistent with posting online. That's amazing. That's self-awareness. Incredible. However, how long have you been telling yourself that you're an inconsistent person? What if you said, I'm not a consistent person yet? And you just started adding the word yet onto the sentence. So it doesn't mean that you're lying to yourself and you're saying, I'm consistent when you're not. You're not. Okay, that's fine. But you are not consistent yet. And that, my friend, that magical word yet is a word that I'm going to be playing with in 2024 in a big way is just shifting my belief in myself as to what I'm capable of, what limiting beliefs I've already set for myself, what limits I've set for myself in the way of the, the way that I speak, the beliefs that I've created over time, the conditioning that I've been conditioned to believe or the thoughts that I've been conditioned to believe over time with my environment, my family, my upbringing, my childhood, whatever. Uh, my experiences in life. And how can I challenge that? Well, there's one word that can help you challenge it and it's yet. Uh, And just that one word has been so freeing for me and so exciting for me. Can you share tips on how to make new friends and connect with new people beyond how are you? How's your day going? Oh, I love that because how are you? How's your day going is so blah. And I say it sometimes and I I like throw up in my mouth a little bit after I say it, you know, because we all do. We're all like, you. It's just like the go-to thing that you say when it's the the person's response is going to be good. And then if the person's response isn't good, it's like a weird, like you're just expecting them to say that. I just did a post about unconventional networking tips for introverts. And I put four of my tips there in that post. Opening lines are very tricky because we're very conditioned to pick up the phone and say, how are you? It's conditioning. Like we, it, it's almost like a subconscious thing that we do, just like how you can get in your car and drive home without even thinking about it. When we meet somebody, we say, how are you without even thinking about it? It's just that. And there's nothing wrong with saying, how are you? There's nothing wrong with it. I, I think that uh, being so hard on yourself with that stuff is a little crazy because it's just part of the human existence that we say, hello, how are you? It's just the thing. But there are ways to connect a little bit deeper with someone if you really want to make a deep connection. And one way that I have found that's been a really powerful way for me, and it does take a little bit of courage, but I say one of my networking tips for introverts, and it's a little challenging, again, is to announce the elephant in the room, aka be vulnerable. And here's how I figured out how this works. 
the more vulnerable you are, the deep, the more deeper you connect with somebody. And so let's say you're meeting somebody new for the first time and you're at a party and there's an awkward silence or there's an awkward moment or something weird happens. Like it's really awkward and nobody's announcing it. Nobody's saying that was weird. Or maybe you haven't worn heels in, I don't know, you haven't worn heels in six months and you're wearing them for the first time and they're killing your feet and you're standing next to a girl and you can tell that she's uncomfortable in her, her heels too. A really great icebreaker is often to just announce your vulnerability or announce the elephant in the room. Like, oh, that was an awkward silence. Or like, I don't know anybody here. Do you know people here? Like, I don't know anybody. And I'm feeling really uncomfortable. And I'm actually an introvert. And maybe that person can't even relate to you. Maybe they're totally extroverted, but I guarantee you it will kickstart a conversation. And they'll say to you, oh, well, I'm actually extroverted. So I'll help you out in this party, but I totally get it right? Or, oh my God, I'm an introvert too. I'm totally out of practice when it comes to networking. Can we just hang out and be friends here? Let's talk. Or, man, I haven't worn heels in six months. They're killing me. I can't believe you can walk in those shoes. How do they feel for you? And usually whenever I have a conversation like that with a woman, it usually is, yeah, my feet are killing me, but I do it anyway. And then you connect because you're just announcing what's real. Instead of just parading around the party, everybody's feet hurting and nobody's saying it. The second that you just make yourself relatable and real and you open up the whatever's weird about the situation, it connects you to another person. So I love doing that and then tying that in to be interested rather than being interesting, which is one of my, one of my tips that's in my book. Instead of trying to be like super interesting and thinking about having the greatest things of all time to say, just be really curious about people. And whenever I'm having a conversation, my goal is always to make that person feel seen. I know that I will be the most memorable person in the room if I can just make others feel seen and important because everybody's favorite topic is themselves and everybody wants to feel seen. Everybody also, people also love, not everybody, that's a very generalized statement. Most people love hearing their name. I'm trying to get better. So I'm not good at remembering names yet. I mean, here, there we go. I'm using my yet thing. I'm trying to get better at remembering names. So one of my networking tools that I'm really going to implement more of when I'm moving into 2024 and starting right now is saying people's names after I meet them. People love to hear their name. And when I can repeat somebody's name, I also remember that. And then if I can repeat their name several times in my conversation with them, it's going to make them feel so special. Think about it. it. It just, it feels good to hear your name. It makes you feel seen. It makes you feel important. And if you can make somebody else feel seen and important and ask them questions about themselves and allow them to talk about themselves, they're going to walk away from that conversation thinking you were the most interesting person in the entire world. Like you were their favorite person that they talked to. Believe me, because everybody loves to talk about themselves. Everybody loves to be heard. Everybody loves to feel seen. And they're going to remember you. And that will make your follow-up on the other side a lot easier because they're going to want to hang out with you again. They're going to want to connect with you. They're going to want to network it with you. They're going to want to partner with you because you were so lovely and made them feel so good. People forget what you did. They forget what you say, but they never forget how you made them feel. That is a Maya Angelou quote. It's an amazing quote to live by. Make people feel amazing and they will never forget it. Even if it's just somebody like that you're not even really, they especially, not even if, especially people that you um, don't need anything from or you're not in a typical networking situation or scenario with. I just love like when I go to, um, uh, we had this really lovely moment the other day. We were in, where were we? I think we were in Nashville. I think it was our last trip to Nashville, I think. And one of my favorite things to do whenever I go to a CVS or a Target or a Walmart or a Walgreens or a grocery store is I like to ask the person that's checking out, 
what their favorite drink is or their favorite candy. And they're always like weirded out by it. Like, what? Why? Like, I like Kit Kats. Why? And so I go down and I grab the Kit Kat and I give it to them and I say, put this is for you. Put it on my ring it up. It's for you. And they always get so blown away and they always feel so amazing. And it's just such a lovely, wonderful way to make somebody else feel good and feel seen and make you feel good and have that lovely connection and kickstart whatever momentum you want to kickstart in that moment because it always feels good to help somebody else and to surprise somebody that's working really hard that day, doing their job, probably not expecting anything nice from anybody, especially people that work at grocery stores. I'm sure that it's just very run of the mill. I'm sure they don't often get somebody giving them a gift. So it could make someone feel so amazing. And I love that. Makes them feel seen. That's something that we can all do. So simple. You're buying a bottle of water at the store. Say, hey, what's your favorite drink? Oh, I really like Diet Coke. Okay, go grab the Diet Coke and be like, hey, put this one's on me. Boom. You made someone feel amazing. You made their whole day. Or they might go pay it forward and do something kind to somebody else because you did that. And that's a great way that we can all help people. We do that all the time. What are tips to getting important people in your life on board when you've developed a growth mindset and they haven't gotten there yet? This is very important. And I'm going to tell you something that you're probably not going to want to hear, but I will always keep it real with you guys. You can't get anybody on board. There is nothing that you can do or say to convince somebody of anything. I have stopped trying to convince people a long time ago. I did used to when I first started experiencing the great things that happen when it comes to diving into personal development headfirst and implementing all of the all of the skills and strategies in the personal development space. I saw how fast my life changed and I wanted everybody in my life to do it too. But what I learned really quickly was that it didn't matter how much I said or how much I, how great I thought it was or how many books I bought for people or how many times I shared a podcast or how many times I told people that they should really be a different way or tried to convince them to think a different way. Didn't matter. You can't convince anybody. You cannot. They have to make that decision themselves. And the only way that, that I found that works is by just being really convicted and having a lot of conviction yourself, living your best life, getting amazing results from experiencing personal growth and personal development and all the great things that come with it. And this isn't even just personal personal growth. This could be from working out. This could be from doing anything. Like if you're getting amazing results, just live in that amazingness and show people lead by example. And anybody in your life that is curious and seeing, wow, she or he is like so happy and crushing it in life. Maybe I should like get on this train, whatever they're doing, and they'll come to you and they'll ask you. But people that aren't ready for it just aren't ready for it and you can't convince them. So all I would do if I were you is stop trying to convince people because you can't do that. Live in your best life. Keep doing you. Keep learning, growing, doing it, and leading by example and showcasing all the amazing things just by living in it. That happens. And the people that want to jump in on that and get some of those amazing results too, they naturally will. They'll be curious when they see somebody that they love living their best life. And the people that don't, if it triggers them, if they don't like it, if it upsets them, then we have to be okay with that. And there's some things in life that we just have to accept. And that then we have to really think about, okay, is this a relationship that's for the next season of my life? Or is this a relationship that was just for the previous season in my life? And this is very tricky when it's family members. I know it's tricky. I'll tell you a story about my dad. My dad and I are really close. There's a, a lot of stories about my dad in my book. If you've been reading my book and my dad's amazing, he's the greatest and I love him so much. And I'm such a daddy's girl. 
However, I used to tell my dad when I was single, my dad and I used to take like long walks when I was in New York. He wasn't walking with me. He would be on the phone and I'd be talking to him and I would be telling him he would be worried about me because he thought I was never going to meet anybody. And he was like so worried because he knew I really wanted to fall in love. And I was like, dad, he's already here. He's walking around the planet looking for me too. And he's like, this is this manifesting stuff that you do. I'm like, I'm full on manifesting this. This is happening for me. It's already happened. Don't worry about me. And my dad watched, and my dad didn't believe any of that shit. He didn't believe in manifestation. He didn't believe, I remember when I told him I was going to join a mastermind, he told me not to because he didn't believe in it. And he thought that it was a waste of money and he didn't understand it. All because of out a lot of love, all because he was worried about me and he cared about me, but he had his conditioning and his limiting beliefs. So he didn't believe in any of the stuff, but like he watched me do it. And he single-handedly watched me manifest my husband. And he watched me join masterminds. And he watched me uh, become really successful in my career really quickly. Uh, and he watched it all happen. And now if you talk to my dad, will tell you, I'm manifesting right now. He says he's manifesting. He's manifesting. He now loves the idea of masterminds. He's always asking me what masterminds I'm in. He's like, if I could join a mastermind, I would. I'm manifesting a boat. I'm manifesting this. I'm manifesting that. I did my gratitude list last night. I didn't. I could not convince my dad of any of that. I was trying to tell him he wouldn't listen. So I just led by example and I just did it myself. And he watched it happen and he saw it worked. And then he was like, wow, it works. I'm going to try this now too. And he was like, not a believer in any of it, in any of it. So that's it. That's it. And then, you know, if you have a family member that just no matter what, they're not going to get on board, then I would recommend finding places in your life where you can meet people and connect with people that are on board, that are into personal development, that can support you in that way. So that when you're around your family and maybe they're not on board completely and it's a little more difficult to be around them, you can know that you can go visit your other family. This is why we have a mastermind. We call our mastermind family where you can immediately go there and get the support that you need. And my friend Jamie Kern Lima gave me a really great tool when it comes to being around uh, negative people, maybe that you have to be around that don't necessarily get it. Maybe they've got more of a victim mindset. Maybe they've got like a toxic attitude. Maybe they're super negative. So I just envision whenever I'm around them, if I have to be around them, I just envision turning their microphone down, like turning the volume down a little bit. And I turn the volume down of people that I don't want to hear from. And I turn the volume up of people that I do. And it's really helped. So I can still be around people that are negative. I just have my power in that moment. I've set my boundary. In my mind, I've turned down their volume. And um, as long as you have communities and places where you can go, where you can get the support that you need, it's not as hard to be around those people that maybe you're forced to be around. But of course, if you can eliminate the toxic relationships from your life, if it's not a family member or somebody that you absolutely have to be around all the time, then it's a question that only you can answer. Is this a a relationship that I need to remove myself from? Is this a relationship that's no longer going to be going with me into the next season of my life? And it's okay because some relationships come into our lives for seasons and reasons. And I was talking to my family about this last night. Like, all of the girlfriends that I have now are so different from the girlfriends that I used to have. And it doesn't make the girlfriends that I used to have bad people at all, but it's just a different phase in life that I'm in. It's a different season in life that I'm in. And I need to have different types of girlfriends in my life now. I can't have, we don't have competitiveness in my friends groups. 
We don't compete with each other. We don't think that if somebody else succeeds, it takes away from us. We actually do the opposite and we want each other to win and we support each other and we do everything to give each other opportunities. It is nothing like what my friendships and relationships used to be. And honestly, like back in the day when my friendships and relationships were that way, that was because I was in that space in my life and I wasn't, I didn't, I hadn't evolved yet. So that's where I was. And that's why I attracted those types of people. And that's why I was in those types of relationships. But as I started to evolve and I started to grow and I started to expand, which we all do at different points and times in our life, it was time for me to move into different friend groups where that didn't exist anymore because I couldn't be in relationships and friendships where everyone was trying to bring each other down. I just didn't believe in that. I wanted to be in relationships where everybody had an abundant mindset and there was more than enough to go around. And if we supported each other, everybody could win. And that's why I spend my life creating communities like that. Because what if that could be, what if that could just be our real life? I want everybody to know before I answer this question, I am not a therapist. I'm not a mental health expert. I'm not a relationship expert. And I never will claim that I'm qualified to answer questions about mental health or anything like that. Or, But I am a human that experiences a lot of these things. So I'll just come Uh, with an answer that's from my personal experience because that's all I know to be true and you can take it or leave it. So I always have to use that PSA because I'm never going to claim to be an expert in something that I'm not an expert in. How do you work through things that really disappoint and hurt you? When you trust someone that ends up hurting you and derailing everything you worked for or had planned for your growth. Here's the thing about life, what I've noticed, like shit happens. Life gets lifey and stuff happens and people hurt us and People surprise us with things that we didn't know to be true and people betray our trust and things happen. It's just that is, if you're putting yourself out there enough to live and be a human that's functioning in this planet, there are going to be things that are uncertain that happen that are no fun, that suck. And there's two different things that we can talk about for me when when things like this have happened to me, the way that I move through them is number one, I now, I didn't always used to do this, but now I make sure I experience and feel my feelings. Because I never used to want to feel those things. So if someone would hurt me, I would just immediately do something to numb out or to not feel those feelings or to personal development myself out of it just to say like, oh, I can't feel those feelings. Let's just do an affirmation and say that I'm fine. That never works because the feelings will then manifest in different ways, I've found. So now I really try to feel my feelings. And for me personally, I've got a therapist. I know that everybody can have a therapist, but I, there, I have one and I talk through my emotions and my feelings. And my therapist just helps me to not feel alone and to really work through those feelings and work through those emotions so I can process them. And it's not like that it's going to make it go away. It's not that it's going to make it any better, but the only way out is through. And I found that if I don't feel my feelings and I don't move through them, I can't get out to the other side where I get to a place where I I needed to be in order to learn what I needed to learn from that situation. And that brings me to the next thing is that I have learned in my experience, again, I will never tell you anything is 100% right or wrong just from my experience, is that every time I've been in a situation where somebody has hurt me or I've had a traumatic scenario happen in my life or something bad has happened or somebody betrays my trust. Once I've moved through the like difficulty of the situation and I felt my feelings and time has passed and I love the phrase, this too shall pass because no matter what, that discomfort or that pain will always only be temporary. You will get to the other side of it. And when you get to the other side of it, you learn something about yourself that you didn't know. You always do. And you, and for me, I always grow into a more equipped, more evolved uh, version of myself because if I can move through um, a moment where somebody really hurt me and maybe I let them derail 
derail me. Or maybe I, you know, dealt with the situation in a way that didn't make me feel so proud. Or maybe it was a messier situation in my life and I can look at it. And I got to the other side and a couple of things happened. Number one, I proved to myself just how capable I am to be inside of discomfort and experience pain. And that makes me feel like a much more equipped version of myself next time around. And I become more confident and I have more trust in myself that I'm able to move through it and I can withstand it and I can get to the other side. And it's another reminder that time never stops and that this too shall pass and that discomfort is only temporary. It might hurt. It might suck, but I moved through it and I'm okay. And that always just gives me that pat on the back that makes me feel safe within myself that I've always got myself and it makes me become stronger. And there's always something to learn in a situation like that. Always. It does not make it any easier. It doesn't make it fun. It doesn't make it hurt less. It fucking hurts and it sucks. But if you can move through that pain and you have people to support you through that moment, and you can really be present enough to understand what you're learning and what's going on and how you're processing your feelings and really get the most out of the growth that can come from a hard situation when you can get out the other side. Maybe I'm not necessarily grateful that happened, but I'm grateful for all the stuff I learned about myself on the other side. And that's all I think about whenever I'm going through a rough time like that is one day I'll know why this happened. One day I'll know why this happened. I repeat that to myself a lot. One day I'll know why this happened. All right, my loves. So grateful you all joined me today. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the I Dare You podcast. I'm so grateful you chose to spend this time with me, but I'm even more grateful for your future self that you are building one dare at a time. So my first dare for you is to subscribe to the show and then share it with a friend who you think needs to step a little bit more outside their comfort zone and into their best lives. They'll thank you for it. I'll see you next time on the I Dare You podcast.